Student-directed, choice-based, teaching for artistic behavior tab. Have you thought about any of this? Have you maybe tried some of this? Have you been successful with any of this? Or maybe you haven't been successful with some of this? I don't know. Uh, I have co-authored two books, Making Artists in the Open Art Room, and I've written for School Arts Magazine and The Art of Education on these topics, and still there always seems to be some questions out there. So I thought um, I would put together a podcast, um, and I don't know how long it's going to last. Might be one season, might be two. Maybe I'll just run out of things to talk about, and we'll end it after today. But for now... We're going to have a podcast of all topics of student-directed art, choice-based art, or TAB, Teaching for Artistic Behavior. I'm Ian Sands. I'll be your host, and together we're going to make artists. So I guess it was about 10 years ago. It was more than 10 years ago. I don't know, 15 years ago. It's been a long time. <laughs> I was sitting around and I was looking at my students' artwork. And I noticed two things about the artwork. Number one, I noticed that it all the artwork looked like high school artwork. I mean, obviously it looked like high school artwork. It was done by high school students, but it didn't just look like it was done by high school students. It looked like high school art projects. It didn't look like artists made the artwork. You know what I mean? It looked like I gave them a project and they did it. And it was a high school artist art teacher project that they did. Um, and that was the first thing I noticed. And it, it didn't really bother me. It just was like something I just realized was going on in the art room. And then the other thing I noticed was all the artwork kind of looked the same. And I couldn't really tell the difference between whose art was whose art. Like who made that piece of artwork? I don't know. They all looked the same. Not just in one class, but like maybe over the course of two or three classes. Like someone made something in second period. And I couldn't tell the difference between someone who made something in third period. It just looked the same to me. Um, and at, around that time, I was just getting into Twitter and uh, Twitter had just started, I guess, at the time, actually. And I saw a tweet and it said, if you get 25 of the same things, it's not a project, it's a recipe. And I was offended. <laughs> I was at first. Um, first off, um, because I gave great projects, <laughs> okay, my projects were great. They were. No, I seriously, I actually was kind of getting a little bit of a reputation for my projects because I would come up with these really kind of original ideas using a lot of non-traditional material. We'd, we'd paint with mud and we'd do these post-it post-it note projects and all these things and you know people are interested in them they started following my blog um and so you know, my projects were great <laughs> i'm just gonna brag whatever they were good projects um of course they were good projects they were my projects and that was the problem that they were my projects you know um they, they weren't their projects they weren't the students work and, you know, I gave the projects and some of the kids took ownership of it and they kind of tried to make it their own. Not a lot of kids just kind of muddled through it. And it didn't really matter to me at the time because I had a couple of kids, a handful of kids who did just great work and I could post these great pieces. And the rest of the kids, well, it didn't matter, you know, whatever. I got the, I got the good, I got the good, the good art <laughs> out of the good kids. Um, you know, but this, I guess it did bother me. It, it did start to bother me. So I started to think about these things and I started to think about this tweet and I was like, okay, if I'm given, I mean, I am given good projects and I am giving a recipe, you know, it, it's my recipe for great projects. That's what it was. This is my recipe for great projects. And, and then if you follow my recipe, you, chances are you're going to, you're going to do a great project. Um, but it wasn't their project. It wasn't their recipe. And I guess that's what really started to bother me. So I started looking around and I started doing a little research and I started thinking about what I could do. And I ran into a few, a few things, a few people actually. I went to one of the conferences um, 
uh, Seattle, I think it was. I can't remember. Um, and Jack Watson was there. He's an art teacher at the time in Chapel Hill. I think he's still up in that area. And he did one of the PBS um, things. They have the art teachers, PBS. I forgot what you call it. PBS art teacher thing. I think that's what it is. That's the official name. Anyway, and uh, he, so he was doing a presentation and he started talking about themes. He was giving his students themes. And the students were doing these kind of open-ended projects with these themes. And I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. I like I like that. So I was like, I'm going to steal that, I think. And then I saw Ken, Ken, Ken Vi. Um, and he did a presentation. Oh, my gosh. It was standing room only. People were outside the door waiting to see what this guy was going to say. Uh, he's written a lot of uh, books for Davis Publications as well. And uh, he talked about one of the projects that was there. And it was uh, someone had given donated seatbelts. I see this question a lot on Facebook groups. And people be like, I just got a whole bunch of widgets. Or I got this whole thing. And people give me a bunch of candles. What project can I do with it? And I always kind of remember this this project that Ken gave. Someone had donated these seatbelts. Like actual seatbelts. I don't know where they got them from. They must have worked in Detroit or something. But he got all these seatbelts. And he was like, what am I going to do with them? So instead of coming up with a project, he just gave everybody... A seatbelt in the class and he said you've got to make a piece of art uh, this seatbelt has to be part of it and um, I, I guess he gave the topic of safety I think he gave him like a theme like safety and so you, you would think that like okay everyone's just gonna make themselves in a car or something like that but he had all these different projects I remember one of them was it was a football player and he did a, a portrait of himself in his football outfit with his helmet and everything and he had the seatbelts like across his chest, but he also had asthma. So he's kind of protecting his chest with the seatbelts when he played football. I don't know. It was just really personal, really meaningful. And I'm like, this is great. Like, this is the kind of thing I want. I don't want my kids to be just following my recipes anymore. I want them to come up with these kind of ideas. So that stuck with me. And then I was sitting in another kind of, I don't remember which presentation it was. I was just sitting in a room in the back of the room and this lady comes and she sits down next to me. And it's Catherine Douglas. <laughs> and she kind of scoots over. She's like, you're Ian Sands. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, we need to talk. <laughs> and then ever since then, I've kind of had she's kind of my mentor on how to, to follow TAB, Teaching for Artistic Behavior. Um, by the way, it's Teaching for Artistic Behavior. Forever, I would say, Teaching for Artistic Behaviors with an S at the end. And Catherine Douglas would get mad at me. One time she put me in a headlock. Um, so just be careful if you're around her. Just, just make sure you leave off the S. <laughs> so anyway... I had met all these people and I had talked to them. I got all these great ideas. So I went back to school and I was like, all right, I'm going to put stuff up on the whiteboard. This is like what I do <laughs> whenever I have to think of things. I like to write it down on the whiteboard. I'm just, I guess we're visual people as art teachers usually and just seeing it on the board just makes no sense. So um, we're sitting there and we were like, okay, what can we do? What can we do to offer choice? Like what does choice mean even in an art room? And we were like, well, there's choice in medium. So that we can do, that's easy. And there's choice in subject matter. And we were like, okay, we can do that. So let's start with that. Let's start with the subject matter and just use that idea of the themes. So we came up with a bunch of themes and this, we wrote about this in the, in the open art room. I go into this in detail. Um, a lot of the discussion in there about how we use the themes and applied the medium I'm going to talk about right here. So if you want to go and look at that at some point, it's in there. Um, and like one of the themes was, what's the point? So that's what we said to the students. Here's your theme. What's the point? And we told them we're going to give you a choice of medium. And <laughs> we weren't really like wanting to do that. I think we were holding back. So we were like, oh, we're doing modified choice. So we only allowed them to use black and white for the first project. So it's like, you can only use pen and ink. You can only, or you can use charcoal or you can use pencils. So you've got a choice of three different mediums. And then we opened it up a little bit more. We're like, but you can decide, you know, how you want to hold the paper and the size of the paper and even the type, you know, do you want to use 
black paper with white chalk or do you want to use white paper with pen and ink whatever you guys decide that so we had that all decided for them and um and then they went to work you know they had these great ideas for what's the point it was such a great open-ended question that they came up with so many different things and the next thing i know um, I was standing there looking at 25 different projects. There wasn't a recipe anymore. There was 25 different projects. Every one of them looked different. Each one of them was personal and meaningful to the student. They all took ownership of it. Uh, it was great. I mean, I was just blown away. And I knew there was no way I was ever going to go back to what I had done before. This was like the turning point of my art teaching career. I couldn't go back. And the interesting thing about it is, remember before I said that when I gave a project, I couldn't tell whose it was or they all looked the same. Well, I, I could look at their artwork right then and I could just say, I know whose artwork this is. Like I saw them working on it and it's so different from everybody else's. I know who did this. And to this day, I can go back and look at pictures like on the blog. I still have pictures of my old Art of Apex blog. Um, and I'll see a picture and I'll be like, I remember who did that. Like, I remember who made that piece of art. And I could have never said that before. Um, and maybe sometimes in 10, 15 years, I can't remember their names, but I can remember the faces. Well, I can't remember names. I still can't remember names. Um, but some, sometimes I don't even give the kids the right names or I just number them like girl one, girl two. It kind of it kind of works anyway. Um, but I remember their faces and I remember their, their art and I can just look at it and I can remember. So that was the turning point for me. So that was the first project. That was the first theme we did. So the theme was, what's the point? And then we added to it a concept. Um, we wanted them to, to learn about contrast. So we did ask them to do that, that the pictures would have some kind of contrast in them, which was a pretty smart idea, I think, on our point. And uh, we did do um, the medium. Again, I said like pen and ink, charcoal, or pencil. That was it. That's all we allowed them. That was our first project. And then we did the second project. We came up with another theme, and it was called Up Close and Personal. That was the theme. And we wanted wanted them to use the concept of emphasis. We wanted them to emphasize something. Um, and I also like that idea of having that concept in there. So it's not just coming up with an idea for the theme, but how do they apply concepts to it? And, um, and we expanded the medium to color, but dry color. So oil pastel, chalk pastel, colored pencil. So they had the choice of those three. And they come up with some really cool ideas for that as well. Then we were going all out. We're going crazy with project three because we were going to let them use paint at this point. Like, whoa, we're getting crazy. So um, our theme was sticky situation. The concept was repetition, so we wanted to show that they were repeating something in some way. And then the paint, we said, you know, they could use any paint. They could use acrylic paint, they could use watercolor paint, or some combination, uh, whatever they wanted to use as far as that one went. Um, project four was a portrait. It didn't have to be a self-portrait. It could be any kind of portrait they wanted. Um, it could be non-traditional materials was the medium and we didn't give a concept for that um they just were allowed to do it and we got crazy projects like someone made a, a picture it was a group of kids that went out in the hall and used cd-roms and painted them black and white and gray and made a portrait of um John Travolta and another student used goldfish you know how you can get the different color ones yellow and brown and did a picture of herself as a swimmer in the swimming pool out of these goldfish so that was a lot of fun and uh and we did another one that was um, three-dimensional after that. And we just kept opening up to more and more choice, um, which was fun. And then, you know, I kind of asked, the, I, I decided to ask the students. I was like, I really like what's going on here. But like, what do you guys think? And so I have some of the responses, even from back then. Um, I asked Ashlyn and she said, I really enjoyed the new style of learning. 
I was able to explore many different mediums and styles. I even did unassigned projects. <laughs> I mean, is that a blast right there? I even did unassigned projects. Like she wanted to make art because she was allowed to make projects in the art class. It was becoming like a studio. Um, Noah's like said, uh, the new method of learning art introduced us to this semester. Oh, introduced to us this semester is easily one of the best methods to learn creativity and to expand horizons. Um, I would never have learned how to use plaster and wax. That's one of the projects he decided to use. Like that would have never come up. And he's right because I would have never offered that how to use plaster and wax. And he had to figure out he wanted to make a wax cast of his hand and how to do that using plaster and wax. And he made a little candle and all the fingers would burn and then he let it burn. It was pretty cool. Bailey said, uh, I thought that allowing students to pick the subject of the project and the medium was so much more effective than having a set subject. By letting us decide what our project was going to be, you got 30 unique different art projects instead of pro 30 projects that all looked very similar. So she understood the tweet. She knew it was going on. Kara had said, I was almost not considering moving on to art two because I thought I was just going to be told what to do for every piece again. It wasn't very fun for me to create art that I didn't have a say in, but I'm really glad that I did go at art two and now I even want to move on to art three. Like these are the things that are making a really big difference in the students. So it wasn't just me saying, I want to make um, my students, you know, have their own projects and what, what I think of what they're doing, but what they think of what they're doing. And just, it just really took off for me and obviously for the students as well. So I'm going to leave you with one last story. I haven't told this one in a while and it is about Emma and the peacock. Emma and the peacock story. Um, and basically, um, I kicked off the semester, you know, the second time around doing this, and I gave the students a lot more choice. And Emma Z created this wonderful piece of art. She took an old textbook and she did sort of a relief image, and there was a girl reading a novel, like she cut it out of the book. And she just had so much meaning and purpose to her, and it was cool. Like she had this really cool solution, and uh, just like I was like, "What are you going to do for your next project?" I mean, that that first project was just like the bomb. Like, how are you going to top that? And she's like, um, "I don't know. I've been thinking about it, and I saw a painting of a peacock on Pinterest. So I was thinking about doing um, a peacock painting." <laughs> and I was like, "No, <laughs> no way," because. You know, there already is a peacock painting on Pinterest. So, you know, this first project she did was so unique and it was so a piece of her. Why was I going to let her just sit there and, and copy this peacock? So she was kind of bent because she really wanted to do it. And, you know, thinking about it, if I was just a really good choice teacher, I would have just let her do it. But I, I didn't. I didn't want her to just copy. So she was like, okay. So she thought about it. She sat there for, her, I don't know, a week or whatever. And then finally I went back to her and was like, hey, so what are you going to do for this next project, Emma? And she was like... I, I saw this picture of a Zentangle elephant on Pinterest and I was thinking about doing like a Zentangle elephant and I was like, no, no. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because there already is a Zentangle elephant on Pinterest. I don't need another, another one of those. And she is like bent. Now she's bent because she didn't get to do the peacock and she didn't get to do the Zentangle elephant. So she sat there for like another week and then finally went up to her and I'm like, Emma, what are you going to do for your project? And she's like, okay, Mr. Sands, I got a really good idea. And I'm like, what's that? She's like, I'm going to paint a self-portrait. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And she's like, I'm going to use a reference photo taken while I was on a mission trip. And I'm like, well, that's really cool because that's very personal, meaningful to you. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, what? She goes, I'm going to make the foliage in the background, like the Zentangle designs that I want to do in the elephant. But I'm going to do that out of the foliage. And I was like, yeah, that's really good. And I was like, cool. And then she's like, and then 
I want to paint my palette using reference colors from a peacock feather. And I was like, yes, now you've got it. Like, this is what putting it all together, choice space is about. Not just settling for the first thing you want to do because you saw a peacock painting on Pinterest. So sometimes choice isn't just allowing the students to do what they want to do, but it's also pushing them individually to get them to do more than they would have even done if they had just done something to begin with. So that's it. Thanks for listening. And for now, go make artists.